on this episode of Optimal Health Uncovered. Thinking of exercise just from a cardio standpoint or all strength standpoint is kind of a, a flawed way to look at it. You can get, if you want to get the most bang for your buck in even the shortest amount of time, you can use you know rest intervals, you can use work to rest ratios to your advantage, and you can actually track how your heart's doing during all exercise. So all exercise kind of becomes cardiovascular exercise. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Optimal Health Uncovered. Todd, how you doing? I'm doing well, Michael. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited. We have our third and final producer, Natalia, here. Uh, we're just joking that Todd wore the other two out. Uh, Natalia, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's good to be here. So we're going to take a little bit of a different approach. We're going to let you ask some of the, the questions. Today's focus will be on cardio, specifically cardiovascular exercise, maybe some myths, fads, et cetera. We'll talk about what the research says, kind of what our habits are, and hopefully kind of tie it all together for everyone. So once you start us off, shoot away whatever questions you want to do. All right. So I think we should start with the basics. Uh, what exactly is cardio? That's a good question. You want me to go first? So it's a very important question. So and whenever we go into any topic, just defining exactly what we're talking about, it's important. So cardio gets thrown out there a lot. Typically when people say cardio, they're referring to cardiovascular exercise or exercise for the purpose of improving cardiovascular, cardiorespiratory fitness and endurance, your heart health, your lung health, your vasculature health, like your blood vessel health. Um, it gets thrown in there a lot and it kind of gets separated out from some other exercise, which I think we can talk about today of how all exercise is really a cardiovascular exercise. Cause if it's not, then you're deceased, right? If your heart's not pumping, you're, you're essentially dead. So that would be my definition. Todd, what do you got? No, the only thing I would add for clarity is we usually just think of it, like you said, the heart, the blood vessels, and we think of pulmonary, the lungs, you know, oxygenating the blood that's being pumped around the system. So otherwise known as cardiopulmonary system for, you know, just our anatomy folks out there, but the cardiovascular system, to your point, as we usually think about in exercise, it's usually, you know, cardiovascular exercise. So we'll give some clarity around that today as we move along. So what would the main categories of cardio include other than obviously if you're breathing and standing, you're kind of doing cardio. Yeah. So when people generally think of it, they think of you know, whatever mode of exercise is most effective to get your heart pumping, right? So it could be walking, it could be running, it could be cycling, it could be competitive sports. Um, but I think my take home for anyone who cares is like, I think thinking of exercise just from a cardio standpoint or all strength standpoint is kind of a, a flawed way to look at it. You can get, if you want to get the most bang for your buck in even the shortest amount of time, you can use you know, rest intervals, you can use work to rest ratios to your advantage, and you can actually track how your heart's doing during all exercise. So all exercise kind of becomes cardiovascular exercise. So it is cardiovascular exercise, whether you think of it that way or not. But if you can really um, optimize it by kind of tracking some simple things, and, and I think we'll talk about that as we go forward. Yeah, I, I usually look at it from the perspective, who's the individual who's asking the question and what are, what is their goal? What is their objective? If it's a sedentary individual, Cardiovascular exercise could just mean getting up from their chair a couple times a day, walking around their office, walking up and down the flight of stairs, anything to get their heart rate pumping uh, and give exercise, more exercise to the to that heart. Heart beats repeatedly, you know, 60 to 80 beats per minute for the average adult. You know, when we say cardiovascular exercise, we're trying to increase the rate with which the heart pumps. So we're exercising the heart. So sedentary people may just be walking or getting out outdoors for a, a light bike ride or walking a couple staircases to break up their day. Someone who's a high level athlete, they might think of cardiovascular exercise a little differently. 
depending on their sport, if they're an ultra marathoner, everything they do is cardiovascular exercise. That's an individual that may need some balance and some strengthening or some cross training. If you're looking at a weightlifter, you know, they're doing cardiovascular exercise. They're applying strain to their body, which is causing their heart to beat a little bit faster and harder. But they go into it thinking, oh, I'm not doing cardio. I'm, I'm, I'm doing strength training. In fact, to Michael's point earlier, you're doing both. And then there's the everyday, you know, athlete or former athlete who wants to stay fit. And those individuals, you know, probably like the, the exercise, you know, my routine is, you know, a couple days of focused cardiovascular where I'm putting a little stress on my heart by running or biking or something that's elevating my heart rate for a prolonged period of time, whether it's 20 to 40 minutes, 20 minutes to an hour, whatever that might be. And then on other days, I'm focusing more strength oriented where I'm doing specific strength training exercise, whether it's in the gym, whether it's a Pilates program, not to say that I'm not getting cardio, but I'm focusing on strength that day. So obviously doing cardio exercises is important to strengthen your heart. What exactly does that mean? So why do you need to strengthen your heart? Why are the benefits of keeping your heart healthy? Not dying is number one. Um, <laughs> I mean, so there's, we'll go just briefly, I guess, into the physiology of it. So when we say strengthening the heart, what do you really mean? So you can increase the capacity of the heart to pump a larger amount of fluid to your body, right? Call that stroke volume. Right? And you can do that with less energy required of the heart, meaning it doesn't have to pump 150 times at rest to get the same amount of blood to the heart, I'm sorry, to the, the lungs, the tissues, et cetera. So you can make your heart more efficient. So you can get a large amount of blood going to the body or to the lungs or wherever it needs to go without as many beats per minute. So right? basically you're walking up the steps without panting. Exactly. Right. And that's when people say they're less winded, that's essentially what, what they're reporting is their, their lungs are oxygenated at a higher rate, their tissues, they're, they're not cramping in, in their legs, right? They're feeling a little bit better because their body systems are functioning more appropriately. There's less arterial stiffness, right? So the amount of pressure in the arteries, you know, not just the blood pressure, but pressure of the arteries pushing back is less, right? And that's better. Um, the communication between the veins, which take the deoxygenated blood and the arteries, which take the oxygenated blood through capillary systems becomes better, right? So you can get more communication between the two systems. So that's essentially physiologically a very dumbed down version, I think, of what happens. So that's just what physiologic what happens. But what that then leads to, I said, jokingly, like not dying, but many, many studies. And you highlighted one that you had emailed to us from the journal, I believe, of the American Heart Association that showed just less cardiovascular risk associated with higher levels of fitness, right? Pretty straightforward, less cardiovascular mortality and actually less all-cause mortality, so dying of any cause. So research time and again shows that the more active you are, the more fit you are, the less you die of unnecessary preventable causes. And that's essentially the reason why anyone would want to do it, even if they hate it, you know, they know it's important. Yeah. To simplify it even more, the heart is a muscle, right? Like any other muscle, you have to condition it uh, and keep it strong. That balance of how much stress you apply on it is important. To Michael's point, if the heart's not working well, the body's not working well. We're not getting enough oxygen to the muscles, to the vital organs. So just exercising, thinking of the heart as a muscle and taking care of that muscle. Right. So for example, let's take myself. Um, I have generally an office job. I do walk around, carry some podcast equipment around, but overall I sit at a computer and just do my job. How much cardio should I do a week? Would an hour long walk every day be enough? Obviously I should supplement it with some weight training and stuff like that, but what should be the baseline for someone who's relatively healthy, eats relatively well, and just sits around most of the time? Not sitting around most of the time, right? So if your job requires you to be sedentary, which a lot of people's job 
you know, requires you to do so. Um, walking, you know, anywhere from 4,500 all the way to 10,000 steps, right? Depends what you read, right? We highlighted an article or looked at how much individuals step per day, right? The actual, with a pedometer or whether they track it on their phone, et cetera, how much individuals are stepping per day. And they found that the more people walked, the better their health outcomes are. But in that study, it was interesting. They kind of plateaued at around 4,500 steps. Thereafter, there wasn't a tremendous amount. But I've, I've read other things and I've seen other things that look at, okay, and anyone who's been in a Fitbit challenge or looked at their health watch kind of giving them alerts or their aura ring or whatever, giving them alerts to get up and move, they want you in around 10,000 steps per day. So generally speaking, just moving as much as you can. So even if you're in a sedentary job, finding time before work, during work, after work to try and catch up on your steps and be generally active. Um, that's just, I think, par for the course of being a human being. In addition to that, you want tar- targeted kind of cardiovascular type exercise, whatever mode makes the most sense and gives you the most enjoyment. So if it's biking, great. If it's running, great. Whatever, the mode doesn't necessarily matter as much as just what your heart's doing. So the ACSM, the American College of Sports Medicine's guidelines for that is like 20 to 30 minutes of cardiovascular exercise, anywhere from three to five days a week. And it's kind of dose dependent. So five to seven days a week is great as well. You just don't want to do maximum intensity on a regular basis. And to Michael's point, the the sitting, I usually, guidelines I'll give to patients or clients, it's usually no more than 30 minutes at a time. And then Mm -hmm. get up, walk around, stand, get some blood circulating. It's hard. You can get so engrossed in the work that you're doing and you just kind of forget. I know people forget to eat sometimes, but walking is sort of (laughs) something that people may forget about. It's not just stay hydrated. It's also just stand up. It's people with Apple watches, they have those like circles that they have to fill up or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you also have the little warnings on the watches now that ding you if you're sitting too long or if right. you're a little stressed and they want you to breathe a little bit. It's really cool what technology allows you to do nowadays. Little reminders. Yeah. And I assume an Apple watch or Fitbit also measures your heart rate as you're walking. So that's an easy indicator of making sure that you are raising your heart rate enough for it to actually do anything. Yeah, I think that's a good gauge. I think the where we're seeing more with the watches and the phones are just making people aware of just how fast their heart is beating. You know, my kids the other day, well, where should my heart rate be? You know, when they were younger, it's, it's faster. It's 80 to a hundred beats per minute. But as they mature into young adults, it's, it's in that 60 to 80 range. And usually the lower means you're healthier to, you know, what Michael was explaining earlier, the muscles stronger, the heart muscles stronger, greater stroke volume. It doesn't have to be quite as often to supply the blood to the, the vessels. Right. And also going back to the study that Mike uh, referenced earlier, um, that people who walk more steps a day have a decreased likelihood of passing away early. Researchers identified actually a 32% decrease in death among those who took at least 2,000 steps a day. That's actually a pretty low bar to clear, I think. If you just get up, walk for even 15 minutes, I think that's a pretty good way of <laughs> easily decreasing your chances of... What troubles me about that stat there is there's people out there who aren't walking <laughs> the right. 2,000 steps. And the fact that we even have to have a study to say that there's a 30% plus decrease is a little problematic, um, but something that's easy to change and just getting up and moving. And I think it's very simple. The message, we just need to keep repeating it till it sticks. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things that I've been struggling with, um, I used to not have a car, so I had to walk everywhere. Now that I have one, it's such an easy way to just hop in, go where we need to go. And I'm missing out on a lot of steps that I usually had before. So now I actually have to make an effort to walk somewhere, go to the gym, actually go on the treadmill at the gym, stuff like that. So it's such a easy thing to forget about. Park your car in the furthest spot away, get a little extra walk in, you know, park your car before work, go for a little walk before you walk in, just little, little tips. 
And we've seen that a lot with people that have moved out from the pandemic, like moved out from the city here. It's like, I'm not getting as many steps and, you know, suburban life is a little bit different, right? Anyone who's yeah. moved from, from any city environment, it's a lot easier to get steps. So just carving out whatever's, you know, most realistic. I don't drive a super nice car, but I like to in my head pretend like it's a very nice car and park <laughs> it as far away so no one hits it. But really it's just to get those extra steps in, except when the kids are in it. When the kids are in it, little steps as possible to get the task accomplished exactly. and get the hell out of there. So one of the biggest things that I think, it's a sort of myth that's perpetuated on social media, Healthline articles and, you know, everywhere. If you want to lose weight, do a cardio. Can you guys unpack that? Yeah. So the, if you want to lose weight, the biggest thing you could do is regulate your nutrition, right? Calories in, calories calories out, nutrient dense calories. Um, and then you could tell your exercises certainly to burn a good amount of calories and, and get your metabolism at a higher rate. So you're burning calories throughout the day. And that's ultimately what leads to fat loss cardio in and of itself. And I know a lot of people that, and a lot of, of patients like, oh man, I'm on the elliptical for like 45 minutes and I haven't lost any weight. And I'm like, All right, well, what are you doing for your diet? They're, you know, not eating great. They're having you know wine at lunch, whatever it may be. Right. So I think nutrition is the number one thing to regulate and to control in order to lose weight. Cardio certainly helps, but it's a tool in your toolbox. If it's the only tool you use and you're not tapping into nutrition, you're going to lose, you know, 99% of the time for sure. I agree. Diet number one. And Michael said healthy choices with diet, not just calories in calories out. It's a matter of nutrient dense and healthy foods. And if you are exercising, you know, make sure you're taking enough calories in to support the amount of exercise you're doing. We see a lot of people who exercise a lot and they don't, they don't take in enough good calories. Right. Another thing that I heard about was if you actually do want to lose more calories over a prolonged period of time, you should actually lift weights rather than just focus on cardio because that increases your, I, I don't, I'm not too knowledgeable on the science here, but it's something about burning more calories over time rather than burning a short, a, a small amount of calories in a small amount of time. If you're doing cardio, for example, is that? Yeah. That so you're many reasons why, I mean, I think simplistically, I just go back to lean body mass. So if you have a, a more lean body right, you convert more of your fat tissue to muscle tissue that comes at an energetic cost, right? So your right. basal metabolic rate, the rate that you burn calories just at rest increases. When we say increase your metabolism, that's essentially what we mean. BMR, your basal metabolic rate increases. So by having a leaner body mass, that's what it it contributes to. So that's I think the way to rationalize it. So both, that makes sense. you know, and and both is you know not just cardio, not just resistance exercise, but looking at resistance exercise a also as cardio and b as a very important thing just to lose weight and be generally healthier and perform better for cardio. So say you're a runner and you really love running, you're going to be a better runner. And you're going to get injured much less if you resistance train and runners have gotten there, it's taken them years to get there, but you know, my hardcore runners are now, it wasn't until runners world started putting article after article about doing these exercises and, and strength training to say, okay, I actually got better mileage. I, I decreased my times, et cetera. So I think it's the all or none phenomenon. I, we're kind of closer to being away from that, but for weight loss purposes, to go back to your question, it's vitally important to resistance train or strength train. And this is more of a quick question, but say I want to go to the gym and I want to lift some weights, but I also want to do some cardio. Which order should I do that in? I think a little cardio to start to get some blood flowing is always a good idea. It depends on what your goal of your workout is. If you're going to go heavy with your strength training that day, I would not recommend doing a lot of cardio first, five minutes of warm up, then go into your strength routine and then whatever gas you have left in the engine, use it for your cardio at the end. But Definitely cardio as uh, a way to get the muscles and the joints, blood circulating, 
lubrication to the joints and get the muscles ready for the strain that you're going to apply? Very good question. And we get it a lot. My answer would be very similar to that. I'd have to say, what do you want to accomplish? So if your goal is to lift more weight in that session, or if you're a power lifter and you're going towards competition, like your cardio is not going to proceed those lifts for sure. Because if the goal is to be stronger, you want to spend that energy being stronger, right? On those lifts. If the goal is to lift a weight overhead, which is a really high neuromuscular demand, I'm not going to waste energy and time on the cardio early, right? So I would do it after the fact, right? Or on a separate day completely. You have to figure out what's in, what kind of gas is in your tank. And also thinking of the other way to warm up, if you don't want to get on a cardio machine or you have limited means you're in a garage gym, whatever, you just want to lift weights is do those same movements just for body weight for higher repetitions or for a time component and get your blood circulating. Your heart rate will certainly go up that way, but you don't have to get on treadmill and call that kind of quote unquote cardio. You can get cardio through other means. That's a great point. The dynamic warm up as we define it now could be just specific movements that are taking the joint through a range of motion. It's still cardiovascular warm up to the body, but without the equipment. That makes sense. And then, so I think with a lot of going to the gym and weight training and generally just trying to live an active lifestyle, people can definitely fall into this mentality of, I need to do this one thing. And this one thing is going to help me. For example, people can say, if I walk a lot or run a lot, that will make me lose weight. Or people who are weightlifting may think I can only weightlift in order to actually um, make gains. And they begin to forget about actually having to do cardio and being able to strengthen their heart in order to actually be able to lift more because they can take on more weight. What would you say to people who think that in order to build more muscle, they only want to lift weights and they forget about everything else? Yeah, I would say generally that's not true. It's a, it's a misnomer. If you're an elite level competitor and you're worried about the, again, like we just talked about, like I want to lift 150 pounds over my head and I want to do a squat, right? Whatever it is, that is something that that's going to be the only task you do that day. But very few people, we're talking about like the gym rat that read an article that was probably in the nineties and, you know, bodybuilding magazine or muscle strength magazine or something along those lines. And it's like, all right, cardio is the enemy. Really people just kind of seek what their bias is anyway. Like I don't like cardio. So I just found an article that says cardio is bad. So mm. I told you I don't have to do it. Right. So that generally has been disproven time and again. And I think if you're going to accomplish more in the gym and you're going to get more volume in, which is ultimately if you're a bodybuilder or someone who wants to lift more, you want the capacity to do more volume, having a strong, healthy heart is important to that. And if you forget that, you're going to be one of the individuals that underperform in what your most important activity is, but also are higher risk for negative health outcomes for sure. I think a little bit to your question a little bit is individualizing it again. If someone doesn't exercise at all, just getting out and exercising and doing just cardio is going to be enough to get things started for them and help burn calories, which will help them lose weight. And starting is important, more important than not starting. There's, I don't know if you'll talk about it, but there's an article that I think you sent to us that just one outcome, like one incident of exercise can lead to lasting health benefits and get the the cycle of positive health outcomes going. So I, I looked at that and said, okay, these are all the people that hate cardio. These are all the people that hate working out and feel like if I can't do it for three months consistently, I might as well not start it at all. Even if you're on six crappy days, one good day of exercise still far supersedes not doing it. And there actually is positive health outcomes. Not as beneficial as doing it regularly, but doing something certainly better than doing nothing. Well, I feel like you guys answered all of my questions and I hope all of the listeners' questions as well. But they can also reach out to podcast at performanceoptimalhealth.com if you do have any more questions and you want to ask Mike and Todd something that we didn't cover today. Anything else you want to, you want to close on? No, I think that was good. Obviously, reaching out if there's any additional questions. But I, I think we gave a good overview of... Just 
just the difference in cardio and when to exercise, when not to exercise, and how to balance it with strength. And it's really individualized. Yep, nothing to add. Great job. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, guys.